0: It means the world to me that you tune in and that we get to hang out together, whether you're walking or whether you're driving, whatever it is. Thank you for taking me. And especially when you take me on trips and I get to see your stories of you listening to the podcast in amazing places or just when you're going and visiting home, whatever that looks like for you. So Thank you for always tuning in and for always listening and sharing. It means everything. That is how a podcast gets out. So you guys, it has no life without you. So I'm in super insanely deep gratitude for today for all of you. So my guest today is really, really awesome. And I have known her for a few years and I've always just admired her from afar for the first couple years. And then this last year, I've gotten to really know her and become just mildly obsessed with this human because she is vulnerable. She wants to connect. She wants to help. She is an amazing woman who has really stepped into every part of her mission and owning it in a big way. I also got to be on her Fairly new podcast, which I absolutely love. She's born to podcast, and you will see why. And my guest is Kayla Kraft, and she is a mom of three. She's a seven figure earner, a lifestyle entrepreneur, and she is a California native that went from saving lives in the ER as a nurse working nine to five, helping women pursue a passion for owning their own business. Her first taste of success began when she created an organization for a network marketing company that sells health and wellness supplements. From that platform, she branched out into business coaching and found incomparable satisfaction from helping others achieve success. Kayla has helped thousands of women start to believe in themselves as entrepreneurs and business women. Her goal is to help mothers gain insight and confidence in their entrepreneurial endeavors and grow their business to seven figures. She gives women the tools and resources they need to have an abundant mindset and shamelessly, it's a key word there, pursue their ambitions while still enjoying life as a mom. Kayla created Mommy Millionaire to fill a void of community-driven women searching to grow from good to great. Mommy Millionaire seeks to pour out practical tips and business know-how that is current and relevant to what is working today. She's an expert in speaking about sales culture and online marketing with experience in keynote speeches on connecting and Kayla is somebody who is truly on a mission and stepping into her calling, and she is ready to help you step into yours. So, you guys, you are going to love this conversation because we really get real about what happens when you decide to pivot in your life, in your career, in your friendships, or when you decide to really be unapologetic and step in and everything that comes on the other side of coming out and becoming the real you. It's a scary thing, but I wouldn't have it any other way. So let's get started. Kayla, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. So exciting. I know it's always so much fun to talk to people who are doing kind of the same thing that I'm doing just whether it's it's podcasting or I know we have so much of the same background and you know why I really wanted to have you on today is because you have done some major pivots in your life recently and I think that so many people um don't end up following their dreams or their passions or the different ways that life is taking us because we're so fearful of um, new endeavors. And sometimes it can be so much of because we're so good at what we're already doing that sometimes that can also be a pitfall as well. But before we talk about everything that you're doing now, I would love for you to share a bit about just how you grew up in your past and what kind of brought you to the place of what you're doing today.
1: Hmm. All right. So I, I like to tell people I grew up in a happy, like loving home, um, but it was a broken home. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I was five, my parents got a divorce and my dad um, went to jail because he was a drug addict and all the things that came along with that. And um, my mom was such a hard worker, but we always found ourselves just like not making it, you know. And I remember her filing bankruptcy when I was seven and just not being a normal kid. And really badly like wanting to be that normal kid that like, you know, didn't wear sweats to school every day and that didn't like eat mac and cheese every night because that's all we could afford. Mm. And so that gave me like a massive amount of drive and Mm. ambition to just not ever live like that again, whenever it became time for me to like, you know, take care of myself I just had a massive amount of drive because I was like I don't I know what it's like to not have anything and I want to have abundance and I didn't realize looking back now it's like oh my gosh I had more than enough but back then it's like when you see all these people living you know with two parents and like being able to uh, drive a car to school and all this stuff that like I just wished I had I didn't have it and so it gave me that desire like oh, to want Mm. A lot for my life. Where was that at? Where were you raised? I was in Bakersfield, California, mm. which is Central Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's that's where I grew up. <laughs> mm. And how long was that for mm. that you lived there? Was that your whole life? Yeah, we just moved out of Bakersfield, Chase and I, you know, a couple months ago.
0: Oh my gosh. So we've, what mm-hmm. is that like <laughs> being there your entire life? Okay, so that just adds to what we were kind of talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's so different because in Bakersfield, it's a small town. So everywhere you go, you co- probably know how this is. You, you know, everybody that you come mm-hmm. into contact with. And uh, now we're in Orange County where it's like, I feel like I'm a small fish in a big pond mm-hmm. and I know no one, but it's been the best growing process for me and and for Chase. And it's kind of just like exactly what we needed at this time in our lives. Mm-hmm. And we're loving it. Mm. Okay. So growing up this,
0: okay. So this totally changes, um, (laughs) my (laughs) questions because growing up somewhere and becoming the person that, you know, you are in your soul, right? Because I have a feeling and I would love to hear, um, your take on it. Did you always know that you were going to do uh big things and and that you were going to help a lot of people. And what was that like coming from who you were and having all of the same people in your life kind of watching you grow into this bigger version of yourself?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh absolutely. I always knew uh from a very young age. And I kind of just knew like god, like I didn't go through all of this stuff and all of this pain to to not be able to share my message later on. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like God saved me from so much, like I could have gone down such a bad path. Mm -hmm. And I saw so many people that struggled with the same things that I did go down that path. And I just feel like I was protected. And I knew from that moment, like I remember being nine years old and knowing that my life was not gonna be a waste, that there was a reason why I had to go through all of this pain. And now, I mean, I didn't know why back then, but now I know why, you know, my, my pain is now my message to other women that they're not alone and that anything is possible. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, um, I always knew and it was hard because I kind of feel like, uh, I was underestimated because I didn't have, you know, the typical, like, you know, family where people thrive. Most Mm -hmm. people go down a different path that had the family that I had. And, uh, you know, I just remember just being very different than people and knowing that that was something I was going to have to overcome and show people like, yes, I'm different, but, uh, you know, I'm an overcomer and Mm -hmm. anything I want, I can have. And so just kind of like, you know, I used to, I I felt like a warrior for a long time, Lori. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is like, I felt like I was just constantly trying to prove myself for a Mm -hmm. long time. Like I'm better than my circumstances. And kind of like that hard push. And I don't know if you've ever been there before, too. Oh, or, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. I, being the fitness champion, you kind of have to be like that. <laughs> and, you know, I just remember being like that. And I've come to a place in my life now where I know I don't need to prove myself to anybody. But it's more of uh, just a knowing that uh, you've already done enough. But now it's time for your message to be heard in a large way. And you don't have to force it to happen. It's happening. It's happening right now. Like I'm on this podcast right now. Like it's happening for you. So you don't have to push for anything anymore, Kayla. Like I've already cleared away for you. You just mm. have to be ready because opportunity is here for you. Mm. Um. So it's like a really exciting time for mm-hmm. me. Yeah.
0: And that's a super powerful message because I think a lot of people in the beginning, you know, I, I think that I, overstay. uh, I don't even know how to say it. I think I really overstayed my um, usage of being motivated by proving, you know, Mm. I I don't even know what I was proving. It was really like proving that I was worthy, proving that I was good enough. And I don't even know who it was to, you know, it was like, who was I waiting for validation from? And Mm. looking back, it was like, I I probably could have stopped that motivation and pivoted more into um, just knowing that I'm enough and knowing that I'm here to help people. So what would you tell people Mm. who are maybe in the position of still in that proving? And it's almost like sometimes we can feel like we don't know how to be motivated without the proving. What is something that you would say to someone who's maybe still in that push factor, who's starting to exhaust themselves?
1: Mm. Well, I think there's a, a couple things that you can do here. And I know that if you're the type of person that feels like you have to prove yourself, you've probably lived your life through a lens of I am nothing mm. your whole life. And so you're always trying to prove that you are something. And um, so getting down to that and realizing that everything that you're doing in the world, you're looking at at it through that lens of I am nothing. Wow. And uh It's huge when you start to look at your life like that and realize, okay, now that I know that that's my, you know, original lens that -hmm. I'm going through, I know I can now change that. So it's, it's realizing that a lot of times we're hallucinating in our minds Mm -hmm. and we're telling ourselves that this story happened where now, you know, I feel like I'm nothing and it's, it's pivoting that and going, okay, wait, that's this, the story that you made up in your head, right? Mm -hmm. That you feel like you have to prove yourself somewhere here, but let's, let's talk about facts here are the facts of what is happening right now in your life and let's live from those and realize how right now you're being a hypocrite because you're, you're working so hard to prove yourself and you're never going to prove yourself Mm -hmm. because it's never going to be enough. You have to change the story. You have to rewrite what you want out of your life. And, um, the moment I started to do that and you guys can do that too, is just say, okay, what is it that I really want here? Well, what I really want is I want to be, living a life of abundance. I want to feel free. I want to have great friendships. I want to feel trust in my relationships and in my friendships. And in order to do that, I have to show up as a different person, knowing I need to prove nothing, but just be myself Mm. and knowing that that's my story now. So my story is I just have to be me and telling myself that every single day. And just like, you know, you retrain your subconscious mind all day, every day. And pretty soon you start to believe that your new truth that, you know, I just have to be me. Mm -hmm. I don't have to prove myself. And it's a really beautiful place to be in, but you self-awareness is the first key to transformation. And Mm -hmm. so realizing what lens you're looking at life through is huge. Mm -hmm. So I just encourage everybody to figure that out.
0: Oh man, I I can't even tell you, this is kind of my just massive realization right now. And it's funny because you think you realize it before that you're like, okay, well, my story is unique and this is really my superpower is being me, but you don't realize it until you step fully into it. Like I've I've said that, I've taught it, but I can even say this last year, um, really becoming fully me. And just a, knowing that that is my superpower is so powerful. So for you, when did you realize that you actually didn't have to go and try to be someone else? You didn't have to compare yourself anymore. You didn't have to do all of these things to be worthy, but you could just kind of figure out how to be more you and to share your story. When did you know that your story was the most powerful thing that you could share?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a good question (laughs) Uh, because it took me so long to, to get to that place where um, I realized this. And I think the first thing that brought it out was I hired a coach Mm. uh, and I was just at this place where I was stuck. It was like, you know, I had money. I had success. I had a family and I had zero happiness. Mm. And it was like, what is wrong with me? Like, why do I feel like, when is it ever going to be enough? You know? And so that's what made me hire a coach. And he just pointed out a lot of blind spots and he actually pointed out the lens thing where I, I felt like I was nothing. And then the more I dove into my story and I really made a timeline of my life Mm -hmm. and I realized that everything I had ever achieved was because I pushed for it and um, because I was proving myself, and I looked at the timeline, and I thought, okay, I know I'm not the only one that feels like this. No matter what kind of childhood people have, we all, you know, 50% of us, I think that I talk to are all trying to prove something, and I knew that I had to get my message out there after looking at this timeline and going, okay, I don't want my whole life's timeline to be – this story, and so I have to, you know, make this my life's work to share my new message, and mm-hmm. so that's kind of where everything changed for me. That was a couple of years ago. Mm.
0: And I'm so happy that you're sharing that because I think from the outside looking in, um, you know, you were you were successful. Uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to really think what your timeline was when you found um, network marketing and you started to do really well at it.
1: Um, so I I became like a uh, successful in network marketing about six years ago. Okay. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then this happened, uh, about, what was it? Two years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like recently new, but I mean, I was successful for a while and I was just like, okay, maybe the happiness is going to come. Maybe this is, you know, I have that financial security that I've been craving my whole entire life and it's still not here, but I kept thinking, okay, it's just gonna, it's just gonna come one day. And it never did. I was like, oh, I have to do the work Mm -hmm. on myself.
0: OK, this is so important for people to hear because there are people who, number one, they're like, oh, that must be nice. She was successful right away. And number two, they're like, "What? Well, how could you not be happy once you are making money and you have this family? And, you know, you probably hear people say "And you look like the way that you do. And it all looks this way on the outside. But it's that really internal work. I'm so happy that you're saying that because I have found myself in the same boat so many times is because the motivation as well is coming again from this wanting to prove or this unworthiness or just needing to be enough for yourself. And I don't think a lot of people even understand how to begin with that. And you had talked a little bit about self-awareness and, you know, whether you have success or not, I really believe that real success isn't going to come until you have the self-awareness of even knowing what would be fulfilling to you and what that would look like. So what would you tell people who are maybe like, okay, well, I don't want to go down the wrong path of success, or how do I even know what to get started on in order to feel fulfilled and successful?
1: I, I think when people say that, Lori, I think it's a crutch. Hmm. Um, I really do. I feel like it's just popular to say something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and deep down, we all know what we're meant here to do, mm-hmm. like what we're, what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Um, if we take the time to just get silent and really be quiet with ourselves and get real and honest with ourselves. Mm-hmm. So often we're just justifying everything in our life um, and we hang out with friends that make us feel good instead of call us out on our stuff. Um, and I just feel like we already know. So if you if you reframe your story again and just tell yourself like, I know I'm here for a, a purpose because if you're breathing right now, you're here for a reason, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so it's it, sometimes it's not like this big, huge thing and not everybody needs to have a podcast and not everybody needs to be Oprah, mm-hmm. but we all have a purpose. And so you know, deep down inside, what lights you up? What can you just get lost in for hours? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's your purpose. And, uh, so just start telling yourself, like, I know that I'm worthy of so much more. And then that worthiness will come and your, your purpose will be so bright that you won't be able to like, you know, turn it down anymore. You have Mm -hmm. to live it out.
0: Mm, I love that. And I could not agree with you more just because so many people, we hear this all the time, right? In the, in the different work that we're both doing right now, it's like so many people say, well, I don't know what I want to do. And it's, it's kind of like, well, if you're not consistently trying new things, you're never going to know because Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but it did not come to me in some lightning bolt. It's kind of like I had to dabble in so many different things. Was that the case for you?
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But it's yeah like you said it's just being consistent in in getting yourself out there and not just staying stuck mm-hmm. you know Oh my God, action
0: creates so much clarity. For me, it's like, Mm -hmm. well, if I don't know what I want to do, I'll tell you what, sitting at home and trying to journal and write about it is not how I've ever found anything for me. I have to actually get out there and try something or get get to an event or try a class or go talk to people who are doing new things or be in rooms that are like really intimidating for me. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think just like not staying in the same bubble of friends was huge for me. Because Mm. it was like we're all just, you know, kind of – letting each other live mediocre lives. Mm -hmm. And we all kind of know that we're meant for more and it's going, okay, I'm just going to like reach out to this person and see if we can go on a coffee date or yeah, go to a new event. I don't, I can't even tell you how many times I've gone into an event and known zero people in the room Mm -hmm. was so scared, like literally sweating (laughs) before walking (laughs) in there and then leaving knowing like, oh my gosh, like I I feel like so much clearer on like what people need from me. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. And you just have to constantly be doing that. Okay. Let's talk
0: about this. Cause I know that you and I are, are, um, you know, in order for us to grow, we constantly have to seek out just new relationships, new rooms, new people. And as females, this is, Uh, tell me if this is the main thing that you hear that's stopping people is worrying about what other people will think. Mm -hmm. And of course, as we take new steps in our life and we become more us, um, all of the different opinions and all the different things that are said to us and all of the different uh, DMs and messages and emails that we get from people who maybe are not happy with the way that we're, um, you know, the, the route that we're taking or the way that we're showing up now in this new role. So let's talk about kind of when you are pivoting into a new role into your life, why is it so important to, uh, really make sure that you are creating new relationships and how do you handle what comes with kind of, I I don't want to say leaving behind, but yeah, kind of having to leave behind old relationships.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, okay, there's there's two things I want to say about that. And um you know, for me, we've talked about this before, Lori. It's so hard when you know a season of friendship is over. Mm-hmm. I mean, it feels kind of like a death, yeah. right? Um and I have been there so much recently. Uh so I know the pain that like everybody is about to go through if they're at this season in their life where they know they have to, you know, up level. Mm-hmm. Not saying that their other friends are at a bad level or anything, but it's just like you're going to a new space, yes. which means that you need new faces. And um, one thing I would say about that is like, I like to think about it as um, a bookshelf and you have like your close friends that you spend a lot of time with that are breathing life into you, that you're bouncing ideas off with, that they're pushing you to go to the next level. Um, and they're like books on your nightstand. So they are people that you are talking to every day you know, mm-hmm. that are really a part of your life and they were a good season of your life. But then sometimes the book is done and mm-hmm. you, you're done. You're not going to reread it anything. You've got everything you could out of that book and you're putting it back up on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you put a new book on the nightstand to bring in more clarity, to ask yourself more questions, to really get to know where you're going into the next level. And that's going to help you propel you to that place that you really want to go. Um, but if you keep the same books on your nightstand, you know, year after year after year, you're going to stay the same place. And, you know, I, I hate to compare friends to books, but that's really kind of what they are. They're stories and, Mm -hmm. and they're not things that you burn. You put them on the shelf and you look at them and you go, Oh gosh, I remember like, Oh, I had such a good time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel like we become so, uh, you know, we just become so, uh, what's that word, (laughs) you know, tied to things. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, when we become when we become too tied to other people's stuff and souls, we are really holding each other back. Mm-hmm. And we have to go like it's okay to like add a new soul into the mix and go to that next level, mm-hmm. and realize that you know change is always a good thing. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean that's one thing I have to say about that. And when we're talking about friendships and the pain of, you know, letting go of those things and putting them up on the shelf. It's, it's knowing that if you really believe that you have a large calling on your life, you have to trust that God is going to put the right people in your life at all times. And he's going to forcefully take away the ones that are not supposed to be in there. Mm. If you don't let them go. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> so I always just trust that. Like sometimes I feel like if I'm in a relationship with somebody, I feel like, gosh, this is just like not working anymore. It's just like not jiving. Okay, well, there's a reason why. Mm. Like there's a reason why it's it's time to go put up on the shelf for a little bit. Mm. And I need a new book right now to help me with what I'm going on, what's going on in my life. It always has to be a win-win relationship for me. And when it's not, like it has to go on the shelf. I cannot be held back by by non thriving relationships. Mm. So, and I know that sounds like a little cold hearted, but it's just to me, like things like that are black and white. And the moment that you can like accept that the faster you're going to go.
0: You know, I, I, I actually love that. And I think that we need to almost completely start a new language around it because I catch myself saying the same things. Like when I'm talking about tribe, right. I've been in these rooms saying, and I know this sounds harsh and I'm like, honestly, it sounds smart. It sounds logical. <laughs> so instead of saying, I know this sounds harsh or I know this sounds cold, like, cause I'm saying it right now, Kayla, I'm, I I feel like we need to totally change how we're talking about it because I really believe, you know, looking at other people's relationships when I'm like, no, that seems logical. Like if you are, if you know your purpose, you're committed to your purpose. And I know that you feel the same way that you're, you're more committed to why or to the purpose that your creator has put on your life than to worrying about if you are hurting someone because you can't, you know, maybe go to wine night Wednesday with them every single week, like, or you can't constantly be texting them or showing up for these phone calls. And the thing is, is why do we feel like we have to kind of people please or make sure that we're not hurting someone when it's not actually our agenda or our way of wanting to connect. Do you know what I'm saying? Like oh. like we look and they're like, "Well, I want to communicate with you this often and this is how the relationship's going to look for me." Like, why do we feel like we have to please those people and how can we start to break ourselves of those of of that mindset?
1: Hmm. I think that the reason why we have lived like that for so long is because some of us are so scared of abandonment. Mm. I mean, nobody wants to be alone. No. And so we constantly people please because, I mean, I I think about in my life, that is my number one fear. Like my number one fear is to be alone Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And I mean, I know we're we're both introverts, but not in that way, but like, you know, I don't (laughs) want to die alone. Like I want to be with people and I I love experiences with people and, you know, oh gosh, what if I hurt that person's feeling and, you know, they, I lose all my friends. Like we always think worst case scenario. And, and what we have to focus on is like, if people get hurt by our actions and we've done something that they think is not okay. I mean, if we look at it and we go, you know what, I just did what was best for me in that moment. And I think that's what we have to always do. I mean, because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we have to sleep with ourselves Mm -hmm. and I want to always be making the best choices for me because I love myself enough to do that. And instead of going like, you know, there's this whole, you know, society telling us like, Oh, always put others before yourselves. And I get that because I am all about impacting people's lives, but I'm not going to stay in a relationship or go to wine night or, you know, stay glued to my phone so I can text back right away to make that person feel good about themselves. They need to look in the mirror and evaluate themselves because if they're getting hurt constantly by somebody else, it's their issue. It's not mine. You know, Mm. they're allowing that to happen.
0: Mm. That's been one of the biggest things that, you know, as I'm um, just coming off this book tour and we're all talking about these, all of these topics, because they're the main topics among women is, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when is it now your job to let it be their job to learn to not take it personal? So Mm -hmm. it's, it's this transfer of you know, once you say something that's truthful for you, if it's really how you feel and it's how you want to show up in the relationship and it's what feels good to your purpose and your calling and it's what gives you freedom, then at what point is it now your turn to hand off, um, you know, no matter how it makes them feel to let go and to forgive yourself and to also just say, "This this isn't my work anymore. This is now their work to not take it personal. And if they can't not take it personal, then that has to be okay with me. And, and like people don't, they don't like that answer. Like, wait, I just have to let it be okay that they're not okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what do you do around that? Because that's one of my biggest, that's, that's my work right now as well. Always just, I have to let it be okay that they're not okay with me being me.
1: Uh, I think, and I'm, I'm kind of going through something like that is right around this area right now. So it's, it's a sensitive subject, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk through it with you. Um, you know what? I think at the end of the day, nobody can make us happy Mm -hmm. and we are enabling other people to, to that idea of making others like that others make us happy when we care about that outcome you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and so we have to be the change that we wish to see in the world. Mm-hmm. And so it may feel weird and it may feel different because it's something you've never done, but you have to stand firm in knowing that you're doing what's best for them because you're basically making them look at themselves naked and like, say, why do I have a problem with this? It's like, mm-hmm. why do I get my feelings hurt so bad when it takes her five days to text me back? Like, why does that hurt me so bad? Well, cause it, she, it's making me feel like she rejects me and that she doesn't love me. And, you know, there's all those things. Well, why does it matter if she doesn't love you? Do you love yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do love myself. Okay. Then you got to let it go. And you have to be at peace with all men and just enjoy the wave, you know, yes. like enjoy the ride of life. And mm-hmm. so you have to let people get uncomfortable and let them sit in that and say, well, what does that really mean that this hurts my feelings so bad? Well, it all comes down to that. Like we don't want to be alone and we don't want to be rejected. So you're doing people a disservice when you're not allowing them to feel those feelings because they can really grow from that. I couldn't agree more because that's been
0: that's been my biggest growth is to choose to not tell myself an old story of either abandonment or of, you know, maybe they don't like me or I'm not good enough or see, I knew I wasn't good enough for this relationship. Um, And instead of worrying about, you know, why aren't they texting me back? Why aren't they emailing me, me back? Why wasn't I invited? Just like letting that go, like letting Mm -hmm. it all go and watching how the world reflects back to me that the story I wanted to tell myself, if I just give it time and I give myself grace and I tell myself a new story that, you know what? Everybody has their life. I'm sure that they're busy. um, I'm just going to trust and have faith that everything's going to align as it should. uh, And I watch the world reflect back to me. A better story eventually. And it's like, thank God I didn't go and pester them or thank God I didn't go and talk about them because I actually learned that they were busy doing this or she actually is really stressed out right now or she has all these family issues that she's not really sharing right now. Um, Have you seen that be your case as far as your growth?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like um, it's very uncomfortable and I wanted to be that friend that was like constantly confrontational, you know, (laughs) and the moment you start to sit in it and you just feel the feelings, you, you have so much more freedom and clarity on who you are and Mm. you can get deeper in on your life's work when you take the moment to, yeah, let that, let it, let it be a new story told back to you. Mm.
0: You know, As we're talking about this, I'm just having one of those just massive aha moments of this is how I've really learned to love who I am and be okay with who I am and accept who I am is allowing that space in between where I used to tell myself a story and using the other times of maybe me taking something personal and just saying, how could I not take any of this personal right now and how could I just be okay with me and how could I just go be busy? doing something else that I love. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm. And I think back to that, the Don Miguel Ruiz book, Mm -hmm. the four agreements. And when he says, don't take anything personally. Mm -hmm. And when I read that chapter, I was like, easier said than done. Like, (laughs) right. But if you, if that becomes your mantra, it becomes easier. And Mm -hmm. you realize that it's life is so much more enjoyable when you don't take things personal because everybody's on their own journey. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. And you have to enjoy life and not get caught up in those, these small things that in 10 years from now, you're not going to look back at this moment and say, oh, I wish I would have spent more time being angry at that person. You're going to say, gosh, I wish I would have let it go. Mm -hmm. And thinking about that, like if that helps you get through these moments quicker, think about that. Is this really going to matter in 10 years? You know, Mm -hmm. if not, then let it go. Mm -hmm. Moving on.
0: Uh, honestly I think it's just a, a practice of w- what makes you let go faster because what you just said don't don't take it personal I really believe that that's the key to everything like if we truly took nothing personal what would you be able to do
1: so much <laughs> everything I mean yeah. literally
0: everything. Because I know the women that you help, I think the main, like, uh, and the women that I help, it's probably, and tell me if I'm wrong or tell me some other things that are coming up for you, but it's always fear of opinions and messages and emails and getting kicked out of something or not being a part of something anymore. And all of that would be okay unless we take it personal.
1: Hmm. I I hear from people all the time that, you know, they're scared to make this post because this person's going to see it, or, Mm. uh, you know, they're really scared to just cross that line of being public about their message. And, you know, because they, a lot of people, it's really about their family, that they're scared that their family is going to get their feelings hurt. And, and I can completely relate to that fear. Uh, but I just know that if you live your life, based on other people's opinions, on, you know, caring about what people think about you, you're going to live miserably. Mm -hmm. You really will. Like Mm -hmm. it's so much weight carried on your chest and on your shoulders, uh, when you care about what people think, because it's like, you're living your life for an audience that doesn't exist, honestly, because people care more about what they're doing than they, than what you're doing. Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And I used to feel like that where I was just like, Oh my gosh, everything I'm doing, I felt like there was an audience watching me. And I felt like, Oh my gosh, like the pressure to be perfect all the time. And, um, you know, to like, Oh, I can't do this because this person will see it. Or, you know, like it's so annoying. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you feel like a ton of bricks on you in the moment. I was just like, you know what? Like I can no longer live my life based on other people's opinions. I have to just do me. Like, do you boo? And like, I kept telling myself that every day and then it felt like the weight was lifted off my shoulders and you know, I had to come out and I had to share things about my family and I knew it was going to hurt people's feelings. And I just had a private conversation with them and just said, Hey, like, you know, listen, like my life's work is going to be empowering women. And these are some stories that I'm going to have to share. And this is just my opinion of what my life was like. It may not be what your reality was, but it was my reality. And you're going to have to like become okay with that if you want to continue in this relationship. And it's having those hard conversations with people that you really care about, but you know, everything worked out for me (laughs) when I had those conversations. But, uh, and I realized too, that it was just a made up fear in my head that like, you know, people are still going to love me at the end of the day. They may not sometimes always be happy with what I do or how I respond to things, But the people that are meant to be in my life will stay, you know, and you have to just trust that process. The people that are meant to go will go and you have to trust. Mm.
0: That is my, that's literally my exact story. And I know that you said everything has worked out for you and it will work out for everybody listening. If they are coming from a place of, you know, if their intentions are wanting to help people and their intentions are having those honest conversations, because I know that that has been my case, even, you know, this is a consistent thing with my family. And it's kind of like always working through making sure my intention was to not, it's not that you're trying to throw your family under the bus. You're trying to tell your story Mm -hmm. in a loving way that if it, it includes other people, you know, you're saying exactly how you felt and what your perspective was. It's not like you're going and you're trying to absolutely trash someone. Yeah. If you do that, that probably will not turn out in your favor. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But if Mm -hmm. you do it from a loving place and you've really given it thought and you've given it prayer, and I know that if you're gonna have those conversations, I'm sure that's something that you did was really think it out. So if someone's on the verge of needing to have a tough conversation, what would you tell them? Because a lot of people don't even have an example of what this would even look like.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, for me, what I did, Lori, was I wrote... Um, people letters. Mm. Okay. And so, and I wrote them out and then I read them to them. So that way I could really say what I wanted to say and not let my emotions, you know, become too powerful Mm -hmm. in the, in the conversation. And I could really like express my facts and the way that I looked at my life you know, and, so, and I kept saying in my letters, i was like, this is just the way that I perceived my life and it may have been different for you. So I wasn't trying to like come at these conversations with these family members and some friends as like, you're wrong and I'm right. It was mm-hmm. basically like here, you know, my perception is my reality. Your perception is your reality mm-hmm. and coming from it in a neutral way, you know, so it wasn't like, I'm not here to fight. I'm just here to say this, this was my story and it's coming out, you know, and the letter helped so much. Because it just, you know, it showed them that it wasn't like, I'm not mad at you. Like, I forgive you for all of these things. Um, and I want to ask for forgiveness from you uh, because I've been holding this stuff against you for my whole life. And I really just need need you to know that I forgive you. And I want you to forgive me because I've been having this anger inside of you and I want to get rid of it. I want to release it. And so that really makes it like a neutral, like they realize, oh, okay, like we're all one here. And she's not trying to say that she's better than me. She's saying that she's, you know, had some part to play in this too. And Mm -hmm. so I think if you think about it ahead of time, write out a letter, you know, set up the, the conversation, you know, some of them I had to do over the phone Mm -hmm. and just like, you know, come at it from a place of love always. And knowing that you have to just trust the process and know that, uh, you know, everything is always working out for you. It's Mm -hmm. already worked out for you. Trust Mm -hmm. it.
0: Oh, I love that you did that. I've I That's exactly some of the things that I've had to do because emotion will take me over and I will mm-hmm. all of a sudden either start getting crazy or you don't know what you're saying. And especially if you're someone who can't, you know, once emotion comes in, you kind of uh, can't keep your thoughts straight, then you just won't even make sense to the other person. So um, writing a letter, I love, love, love that advice. Um, You know, I've made appointments for conversations so I can't back out of them. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. hey, this is coming. I've gone on walks so that I can kind of move energy through. I love I love that advice. So how about people who because really what I want, what we all want is for people to stop being so afraid of the things that actually don't exist, because at the end of the day, we're all just afraid of our stories, right? Of these these fantasies that we've made up of what's going to happen on the other side of this conversation. What's going to happen <laughs> when we start our podcast or put our program out or pivot in this business or become this new person that we know we're supposed to be? We have all of these fears that we're living in right now, like all of these false fantasies that we're living in. We're living in the fear before it's even started. So that's something number one that her and I both want to make sure that you guys understand: is you're living in something scary than even exists in reality right now Um, number two Kayla can you talk a little bit about uh, people with imposter syndrome because I really believe imposter syndrome um, is just it's kind of like you're afraid to be who you're meant to be on this planet and I think we all feel imposter syndrome when we start so can you share a little bit about maybe when you've experienced it and what you've done
1: Oh my gosh. I, I experience imposter syndrome all the time. And, uh, because, and if you're not experiencing that, you guys, you need to level up. You mm-hmm. need to go and do some new things because you should be feeling that a little bit mm-hmm. because that's where growth is going to happen. You're going to realize everybody is experiencing the exact same thing. Mm. And, uh, you realize that you can't put anybody on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's sometimes what happens when we experience imposter syndrome. We think, oh, well, you know, she's smarter than me, so I can't be friends with her or, you know, she's better at business than me. So why would she want to go into business with me? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we have all these stories in our head. And I think that imposter syndrome is, again, where we just have to reframe, reframe our thinking and realize that we are all one Mm -hmm. and we are all here for a purpose. And I really believe that if everybody came from a place of love every single day uh, and you focus on, okay, my purpose today is to serve because we are all meant to serve people in some way, shape, or form every single day. And if you focus on that, like how can I serve people today? You're not going to be focused on the imposter syndrome. It, there's no room for it in your mind because you're focused on. Well, the reason why I showed up at this networking event was because I want to serve more moms. I want to meet more people that need what I have to offer, and that's why I'm here today. And so, focusing on that and just really what you focus on, you find. And so, if you're constantly telling yourself you're not good enough or you know you're not smart enough to be in that room, that's all you're going to find, and that's what you're going to feel every single day. And so, your mind is such a powerful thing. And I always do this like anytime I'm going into a situation where it's like okay the normal Kayla would t- would feel major imposter syndrome right now I always try to get super high vibe and mm-hmm. say okay what do you want to feel right now Kayla mm-hmm. what do you want to feel oh my gosh well My favorite feeling is excitement. I want to feel excited about what's to come, that I'm going to meet so many amazing people in this room that we're going to completely hit it off and we're going to change the world together. That's what I want to feel. And so I get into that, you know, happiness and that excitement before I walk in the room. And so um, imposter syndrome has no room to be inside of my my body at that moment because I'm excited. I'm feeling that high vibes and people are attracted to high vibes. So then, you know, it's just then you bring – good people into your life and you're telling them that it's okay to be them. And then it's like this beautiful, just like ripple effect that happens. Mm,
0: I love that. And can you talk about even right now, you know, doing the things that you want to do, going into the rooms that you want to go in, becoming the person that you know you've always uh, meant to be starting the podcast. You've always wanted to start. What are your fears right now and how do you Mm -hmm. handle them?
1: Uh, my biggest fear right now is that the people won't show up. Mm. And, um, I was thinking about this just a couple of days ago, I was journaling and there's been so many times in my life where, you know, people haven't shown up for me. And so that's why that's one of my biggest fears right now is that, um, you know, that people aren't going to show up, but I have to listen to what I preach, you know, and know that trust the process that even, Mm -hmm. you know, the right people are going to show up, even if it's one or two, Mm -hmm. they will show up. And, um, if they don't, there's something that's going to be learned from it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but just learning, I guess in that fear that there's going to be people that will disappoint me, but I need to trust the fact that, uh, I'm never going to disappoint myself as long as I love myself well. And so trusting that like every single day, like the most important thing I can do is love myself and Mm. people will come if they're supposed to be there, Mm. you know?
0: That's so powerful. And I can share, I literally share that same fear. I mean, just even going on this book tour, I was like, are people going to show up in the room? Are people going to show up to share it? And you know, the most beautiful part of it is exactly what you said. Some do and some don't. And the ones who don't, it's like, they were the most beautiful lessons for me on, um, number one, either still loving them because they still have their life going on. And did I communicate clearly that I wanted them to show up? Like, it really makes you look at you. Like, how did I show Mm up? You know how did I communicate uh, to them? And then also saying, even if you did communicate and they didn't show up, like, let that be okay. And those are the biggest lessons, right? Like Mm -hmm. not taking that personal, it all goes back to that. Like, let that be okay. That that's the season of their life. Maybe they got really busy. Maybe it was, we'd never ever know, but it's never us. Mm-hmm. That is so mm-hmm. powerful. So I share I share that same exact fear, and it's so amazing that when you show up for other people, no matter what, no matter who does not show up, the right people, exactly like you said, will show up in such a beautiful, surprising way that you're like, wow, this is exactly how it was supposed to be. I love that. So, what do you think is the biggest difference between people who are taking action? So it doesn't matter what the background, right? You may have zero experience because it it, it doesn't matter if you've had a lot of experience, you've seen a lot of a success, your family's successful, your family's not successful. What do you think is the biggest difference between people who are creating the life that they love and stepping into their authentic truth and those who aren't?
1: I think the difference is just your intentions every single day. And what I mean by that is we can get you could be successful right now, but you could be on the hamster wheel of success and you could be just doing the same thing over and over again. And it's easy to you, mm-hmm. um, but you're not truly happy. You don't truly feel fulfilled. Um, and you're not living an intentional life, you know, cause things are just kind of going the way that they've always been. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think people that I'm spending a lot of time with right now that are just like I don't know. I can't even explain it. It seems like ignorance on fire. A lot of us like don't know what we're doing, but we're just going Mm. for it. They're just so intentional about what they're doing every single day. And uh, from like the moment they wake up to when they go to bed at night, like everything matters. And I think that's the difference. Like if you want to live your life in a big way and you know that you're made for more, get real and honest with yourself on like, are you following through on the intentions that you made at the beginning of the day, at the beginning of the week, you know, or Mm -hmm. are you letting your feelings and your emotions get the best of you
0: Mm.
1: throughout the week? Um, so I think, I don't, I think that, I mean, just Mm -hmm. like living and going, okay, what do I really want? Who do I really want to serve today? Uh, how can I, how can I make that happen today? And going like every minute, like is it's, it's meant to be there for a reason. So like, let's use it up.
0: Oh man. It's so true because otherwise we get caught in the inertia of what we already know. Oh my, I mean, I'm even, I'm so guilty of this. Like I, I'm getting even more intentional now. And I think a lot of people don't realize that people who are already doing something that they love sometimes that totally shifts. Mm -hmm. So when did you know for you that I know that you were doing a lot of things that you love, but maybe that there was more things that you needed to be doing and how did you shift the inertia of success in life?
1: Well, you know what? It was like I – all of my days were so busy, you know? So I would go to bed at night and be like, oh, my gosh, like, whoo, that was an exhausting day. But I went to bed at night going, gosh, I could have given more. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? Like my days were filled with things and stuff to do and like work. But at the end of the day, like I wasn't going to bed going like I gave it my all. Mm. I, I never felt like that and so now it's like when i when my bed when my head hits <laughs> the bed i am like going ooh like i am like emotionally so exhausted and drained and that's like the best place i want to be like i know i laid it all out there on the line like if that was my last day to live then i did well you know and i think people need to get again just honest with themselves and ask themselves like am i really truly playing at 100% like am i giving 100% of my capabilities right now? Like, am I? And, you know, if the answer is no, what can you, what can you shift? What can you add in? What can you take out? You know, and sometimes adding in is just like, maybe I need two hours of just journaling time. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's like, seriously, like I have a babysitter come for two hours on Thursdays, just so I can have alone time and journal because, Like that's what I needed to add in because I know that that's where like so much magic is happening and that's how I'm going to help so many more people because I've realized there's so many answers inside of me, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't need to Google. They're just in Mm -hmm. me.
0: Uh, It's so true. And I think that's vital for people to understand that if we're looking for, Uh, new ideas, or if we want to learn to trust ourselves more, hear that voice, if we don't make time for it like that, like that is intentional. When you were just talking about intentions, it's like saying, what do I need? Is there something else right now that you are doing every single week that you're kind of waking up? Like, what is your current intention right now? Like, what does that look like to people who are like, how do I get more intentional with my life? How do we even start to put this into practice?
1: So for me, my big intention right now is to help as many moms as I can, like have seven figure businesses, because I realize that, you know, at the end of the day, your success isn't measured by how much money you have in the bank. Okay. I don't believe that you can define your own success, but success to me is, did I get to spend enough time with my kids today? Did I get to show them everything that the world has to offer? Did I get to have amazing conversations with them? And that's success to me. And I know that if I can raise children to be amazing and if I live an inspired and empowered life, I'm going to raise kids that live empowered lives. Like they're not going to have to go through all the BS work that I went through. I'm sure they're still going to have to go through some work, but like, I want to shortcut the process for them. And if I can focus on moms, you know, doing that same work with their children and making sure that they're living inspired, empowered life. So their kids live inspired lives. Um, that is my mission right now is mm-hmm. to show them, okay, how can you scale your business? How can you make it the most effective where you're have financial freedom, but you can also spend as much time as possible with your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my mission right now. And so I'm constantly, being intentional every single day to spend time with moms and figure out, okay, what is it that you're struggling with? And then creating that safe space for them to like, you know, be open and honest with me and say, okay, uh, Kayla, this is what I'm struggling with. And then I like make an hour every single day where I'm like just getting creative and saying, okay, how can I fix this problem for this person? Mm. So that is, that's how I'm being massively intentional. (laughs) And I can't talk, (laughs) that is where like my massive intention is every single day is Mm -hmm. figuring out what the moms are struggling with in business. And then it all has to go back to their family life too. And then just getting really creative and saying, okay, how can we solve this problem? And making the space for it it has to be in my schedule. If it's not in my schedule, I won't do it because then I'll just go do something else. Like Mm -hmm. that's funner to me. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so it's just like, that's my intention every single day, scheduling in how to solve more problems. Mm -hmm. And if you want to have more freedom in your life, you need to figure out how to solve more problems. Mm, Amen. Absolutely. So tell me about your podcast. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love the podcast. So it's the Mommy Millionaire podcast. And we just started it, I think, back in April. So it's really new, but I'm having so much fun and I'm getting to have so many amazing conversations with women uh, that are either experts in their field, Or moms that are owning like seven figure businesses and figuring out, you know, how they've done it. And everybody does it in a different way, which is what I love. Uh, it's, there's no like cookie cutter way. And I love showing moms that anything is possible. Um, as long as you, you know, have a desire to like make it big. So and also I just do like some rants on there about whatever it is that I'm going through as a mom at the time mm-hmm. or, um, as a business owner at the time. And we call them mommy millionaire minutes and they're fun. People are getting so much value from them and, uh, it's just a really great resource for every woman out there. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. And I got to be on your podcast. What episode was that?
1: The first <laughs> you were episode. episode- Yeah, you were, yeah, you were episode two and it was amazing. Everybody loved it.
0: Oh my God. You guys, she's so good at it. And why is it important, Kayla, that women are having conversations, real raw conversations with other women?
1: I think it's important because, uh, like I said earlier, we need to be the change that we wish to see in the world. And for so long, we have been women who, are afraid of having the tough conversations. We're afraid of telling people how we really feel. We're afraid of, you know, sharing the real story, Mm -hmm. you know, that, and we just want everybody to see the highlight reel on social Mm -hmm. media. And so we need to be having these conversations to show people that they're not alone, that the struggle is real, but you don't have to live on the struggle bus. Like Mm -hmm. there is a better way. Like we all are going through the same freaking crap, Mm -hmm. but there is a better way to live. You don't have to stay in the struggle. And so I think that's why it's important. It's just giving people hope for a better life, and uh, you know, a better future for their kids too. Mm.
0: Oh man, that's so incredibly true. And I can tell you, and now that you have a podcast, you know um, this to be so true for yourself as well. Because you are already having these conversations with women um, in your life and in your business. But now you get to have them um, also on a really intentional level. So even if you guys don't have a podcast, like getting really... um, intentional with wanting to connect with other women. So how would you tell women to make sure that they, what's something that they could create? What's something that they could do so that they can really connect in um, and have these conversations and really learn how to get real and authentic and make sure that they are not alone in what they're doing.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for me is just Instagram Mm -hmm. and uh, because it's kind of turned into like a little mini blog for people. And, A couple of years ago when I started Instagram, it was like two years ago, I made some really great friends on Instagram and some I've never even met in person still. Um, But you can really find some people to connect with on there and you can share your story. It's like I think of Instagram as like your artistic view of life Mm -hmm. and you get to share what you want out there. That's your message to the world that's never going to go away. And so it's a super fun place to really bring in the people that are going to be attracted to you that may be your lifers later on, even if you have nothing to sell, but you have a message to share Mm -hmm. to the world. Mm -hmm. And so owning that and finding the people that want to be a part of it is huge. And like just finding people on there that, you know, are in the same genre as you. And I mean, I'm in so many like DMs with people and like, I feel like we're instant besties on there because it's really like, oh, like you can tell right away on Instagram I'm going to like this person or I'm not going to like it, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I would say get on there and just like don't be afraid of sharing your message or getting on Insta stories and just sharing what you have to say to the world because somebody, I promise you, wants to hear it.
0: Well, Kayla, I'm so incredibly grateful for you. And I have to just tell you, I have loved, loved watching your journey because I feel like you are one of those people who you are really open about your fears and just what you're going through and where you're at in life. But then you just step through it. And then also, I love that you share that that's part of your message is sharing what you've gone through. I think that's so vital for all of us to be speaking our truth like that. And it's so incredibly empowering. So I've loved being a part of your journey and just really getting to watch it inspires me all of the time. And I would love for people to know how to find you, follow you wherever you're hanging out most right now.
1: Okay. Well, I am so thankful that you had me on and I love you so much, Lori. (laughs) Uh, I am on kayla.craft on Instagram. Okay. And then if you want to find me on my podcast, it's called Mommy Millionaire. And I also have a website called mommymillionaire.co. And right now I have a free 25 page guide up there on how to attract in your favorite clients that you love to work with. And so that's completely free up on mommymillionaire.co.
0: Oh, awesome. Okay. So I always end on one last question. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm kind of nervous. Okay. <laughs> someone like pivoted and asked me this question twice on my book tour. So I feel your pain. Um, <laughs> so if you are in an elevator with someone and it's literally only like a 30 second elevator ride, it's a total stranger and they look over at you and they ask you, How can I make myself happy? What do you say?
1: I would say to stop looking outwards mm. and look inwards mm. because you were born completely perfect and whole. And you are just full of greatness. You're full of magic. And the moment that you look inward and you just own that fact Mm -hmm. is the moment that you're going to be happy because you're going to realize that everything is inside of you that is meant to create magic in this world. And so you just have to own it and know that you have enough and that you are enough and you always will be enough and you're not broken. You don't need to be fixed. You're perfect and whole.
0: Mm, So beautiful. And Kayla, thank you so much for coming on. And you guys, if you loved this podcast as much as I did, make sure you share it with your friends. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone.